0: kick back unwind and enjoy the ride jt and v with conversations with v on late city nights Vasla brusica thanks for joining me
1: that would be me well thank you um how's everything going for you jt everything good
0: Good, man. Good. I'm glad that uh, yeah. I finally have a chance to interview you and ask you some questions. I think you're a very interesting person. I've known you for a long time. and I, uh,
1: we, we've, we have quite the history together. It goes back yes. uh, a good you know decade and a half. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I think it was uh, 2006. When
1: 2005. I 2005. I 2005. Yeah, 2005. yeah it was right. the summer of 05. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, at, we were working at the same place and you had a, a certain individual in a supervisory role that was struggling a little bit. And you're a lead at the time with a different team. And they said, you know what, come over. You can, the, you can help this unruly crowd of people like uh, me and uh, people with names like Tish and Stoney and B-Will. <laughs> I mean, those are names I'm sure bring back some memories.
2: Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah.
1: Those are people on the inside that nobody knows about. And Many of them are probably locked up on the inside somewhere, but that's all right. But uh, yeah, some great memories. And and you really helped me grow a lot in the professional world. And we also, I feel like we got to know each other and we both are like, oh, holy cow, this dude's kind of interesting. Like we both said that about each other and Absolutely. said, you know, this person has something to offer. And, um, and, and, you know, certainly you, you had something to offer to me in terms of knowledge, in terms of experience with what you were doing. And then, you know, I brought more, you know, of, in terms of just stuff I've dealt with in life and, and, cause I've had a, a pretty, you know, unusual, a pr- pretty storied life, uh, you know, it, it's, it wasn't, you know, just split bean soup. It's certainly a minestrone. There's a lot of ingredients going on there.
2: That's right. So,
1: yeah. um, so that, that I think it benefited both of us. And, uh, and, you know, for some reason, both of us are just incredibly stubborn. We've chosen, you know, to continue our friendship through all these years for, you know, I don't know who owes who money more, but, you know, we've, we've made it somehow uh, we've gotten on. All right. So it's been good.
0: Well, I appreciate I appreciate your kind words, and we, it's okay to tell us tell the people where uh, where we met and what company
1: we met for with, with this upstart, wonderful company called GoDaddy.com, which at the time they had just released their first Super Bowl commercial, which was a big deal, and uh, yeah. and so we weren't really a big deal yet. We were we were kind of an up and coming. We we're the underdog. There were other companies um, within you know uh, that kind of sect uh, in terms of domain registrars and hosting right. and all that stuff that were a lot bigger than us and, and a lot more established. And uh, But, you know, we just kept punching away and, and became bigger and bigger and bigger. And now, you know, that's, of course, GoDaddy now is the biggest of all of them. But, uh,
2: oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we
1: learned a lot. We learned a lot during that time and, uh, and some – um some stressful times sure that's bound to happen with growing pains but a lot of really great times and a lot of fun and and that's what uh that's what i take away from it is is you know that that you and i had a lot of great times and 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 the rest went to the government of course so that's all. absolutely (laughs) they're gonna get their cut you know absolutely but uh yeah, it, it was, was fun, though.
0: So. I, I remember yep. when I, I worked there, I didn't actually work there that long, maybe a year, year and a half, something like that. But, um, you know, it was probably the funnest company I've ever had to work for. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because, because I don't like working for other companies. But now you've actually, always been uh, kind of
1: your own dog. Yeah. And, yeah. But you know what, what's sure really fun, interesting man. about that is when when <laughs> well, I'll take the blame. Um, <laughs> the fact that you were only there for about a year and a half is. It says a lot about you because I, I'm sure if I talked to anybody else who was there in that time, they would have said you worked there a lot longer because you really left a, a, a real – you left your fingerprints on, on a lot of things that uh, – that are some of which are still being employed today. I mean, here we are, the you know, GoDaddy, the big multi billion dollar company, or anything like that. But there are certain things, you know, that, that may not maybe be right up front, but are, even in the back end, but they're still being used that you implemented, that you started. You're saying, you know what, I think this would work. And so, um, maybe you weren't there that long, but boy, during that short time you were there you did a lot of good things and you made a lot of differences for uh, for a lot of people and so you know well, something we you. said about that. that. So yeah. I can't
0: absolutely. take all the credit. I had a lot of good good people on the team and, and they were really dedicated and you were one yeah, of them. Yeah, we uh, and we were we surrounded by
1: some really good ones and, and, and you know what, those are people I would love to sit down with. I have, I haven't talked to in years. I would love to sit down with and say, Yeah, what's what's going on with you now? You know, and because man we had a lot of fun. We really did have a blast. Stressful as it could be at times, it was still a blast. I mean, it was. I look back at I it. Named a lot you, really I
0: named you. I named you V Money right off the bat because you're you were you the one who. Are. And
1: and what's funny is, 15, 16 years later, I know some people who don't even work for GoDaddy anymore who call me V Money, and you're the one who started <laughs> that. Yeah, there, there's uh, probably a half dozen people or so who call me that, and I'm like, there's only one person who. You know, who infiltrated behind the the scenes and was able to kind of stick that nickname in there, and that would be you. So (laughs) hold on, you hold on.
0: Well, thank you. Well, when you sell when the first day I took over the team, you sell a twelve hundred dollar order. I have to name you.
1: Well, you know, that, that, hey, look, sunshine's on a dog's ass twice a day too. So that's all right. It's it <laughs> well, it was either
0: V money it's... or V no money. One or the other.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> when I was selling, it was V money. When you looked at my bank account, it was V no money. So <laughs> there was that. So, yeah.
0: Now you didn't start your career at GoDaddy. You started your career, I guess, I guess the first thing, I mean, you've worked places, but the first real career you had was in the air force, wasn't it?
1: Well, yeah, when I, well, my first job was actually working at my high school that I graduated from. And the only reason for that was because I went to sign up to join the Air Force. And they said, well, you have to wait about six months before you can go in. Says, all right. So I went to work for my high school, which was great because now I was no longer a student. But there were all these pretty high school girls, you know. Right. <laughs> just call it what it is, and it was good money. It was Mesa Public Schools. They were paying, you know, minimum wage at the time. It was three thirty-five an hour. I started out for over five bucks, which for a, a you know Snot nosed kid like me was like, wow, that's free money. It's like finding money on the ground. That's like, wow, this is great. So, but yeah, I, I went. Well, you're there like, for you're like a the Matthew
0: and, uh, McConaughey man. You're like the Matthew. Remember in Dazed and Confused, his line in Dazed yeah. and
1: Confused. That that was me. That was totally me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean um You keep getting yeah, older, so that,
0: but uh high school girls keep so, staying the same age. Oh, like they that.
1: keep saying <laughs> the same age. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily at the time I was just barely eighteen, so it wasn't like I was thirty five hitting on these girls or anything. I mean I mean talking mm-hmm. to these girls. And um so and these were girls that were also fellow students five months ago. So it wasn't like I was, you know, coming back for whatever but right. yeah but it was it was fun and and it also catching up with my and here's the other thing too there were there was there were not one there were two teachers that I won't name names you know because I don't want to incriminate because nowadays teachers seem to get locked up for every little thing um, oh, there yeah. were two teachers that uh, when they found out I was working there I was no longer that was 18 and no longer a student that they're like hey how you doing you know kind of thing so I was like yeah Luckily, they were both people girls. think. I didn't get people hit think
0: when me. you, yeah. well, people think when you become a teacher, all, all of a sudden you're you're a teacher now. You're not a person anymore, right? And I know a lot. I, I've known teachers, not a lot, but I've known teachers in the past. My my mother was a teacher for thirty five or plus years, and she was never like you know, she was a very professional person. But I've mm-hmm. known uh, mm-hmm. plenty of non professional teachers. Now I was never right. you know involved with one or anything, but I've yeah. known a few that that I probably could have been. Or i've had a couple red. that i
1: wanted to be but yeah, yeah well so yeah
0: we've all had those yeah
1: but there, then you went into a, the air force yeah. right yep went in the air force and and mm-hmm. uh and only i did one tour i did four years so it wasn't like i I'd, I'd made a career but I, I by the time i got to that mark i knew that you know what i'm glad i did it and i think every um every kid should go through something like that even if it's for only two years this is interesting. I was born in in Czechoslovakia, by the way. For those who don't know, I'm sure you figured out based on my first and last name that I I'm not from around here, <laughs> am I? All right. It, You've when, been here my most of your parents. Life, oh, I, since I was t- two and a half, I would have been in America, yeah. but yeah. um, but my parents when when they were growing up in Czechoslovakia in the 50s and 60s. When you graduated high school you had to go into the military for two years unless you actually got an acceptance letter from the university. So you literally had to go to college or you had to go to the military. You couldn't slum.
0: That's not bad.
1: Couldn't get a job at Burger King and hang out and be lazy. Yeah. right. And it it really, it, it, it creates a, you know, a sense of discipline and a, in a, in a sense of, of, of controlling yourself as an individual and, and, and also, Um, holding you accountable for decisions and things like that. I think that's great. And I I wish they, and they won't have that. They'll never have that here because there will always be people who will vote. Oh, no, i don't want my poor little child to have to, oh, have to be an adult. Okay. Right. right. So. (laughs) Have to learn responsibility. um, Yeah. Who needs that? Holy cow. respect. But, uh, well, the problem is they can go on YouTube and TikTok and make more money than you and I combined. So. Yeah.
0: There's that. Speaking
1: of that,
0: speaking of that. What's, mm. what's one thing you wish you'd known when you began your career?
1: Wow. Uh, well, here's the thing. I, I mean, I grew up in the eighties and so right, we were just starting to get involved with computers and they were like these, you know, these Commodore computers and everything was, was having it right. MS-DOS and all this stuff we had no idea that technology was going to be what it is today. Not, I mean, none of us knew that, you know, and it wasn't until much later that I realized, oh, my God, this is, ooh. I remember um, in, this was late 90s, probably, I, well, I just broke up with my ex-fiance, so 98, 99. Okay, I went to my parents' house, and I said, you need to get the internet, and let me tell you why. Because this, this thing, this technology thing called the internet, is going to be bigger than any of these radio stations, AM or FM bigger than television. And I just remember my parents just like doing all they could to keep from smirking. Cause they were just like, come on, dude, you know, yeah, nothing's like, you ever going to be about, bigger kid? than TV or radio. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, well, who knew? And, and it, I, for my mom, my mom passed away in 2017. I remember I was here uh, and it was probably around 2015 or so. And, uh, And I was at their house and visiting and and we were having a chat about stuff. And my mom said, she said, you know, I remember back when you said that thing about the Internet and we just looked at each other like we were about to laugh. And you're you're pretty right. And I'm (laughs) thinking, so how do I have thirty-seven dollars in my bank account? if something am so freaking
2: smart. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Luckily, I'm in a better place now. But I, back then, it was still a little bit of a struggle. But yeah, so, but um yeah. I, I wish technology I would have known more only,
0: about. Well, technology not only makes us money, but it costs us a lot of money as well.
1: Well, it does cost us a lot of money. But if you, if you know how to utilize it, it's it can make you a lot more than it'll lose you. It's kind of like. Uh, you know, and I, I've never been, I, luckily, thank God, I've never been involved drugs. I've had friends who have fallen by the wayside because of it, but I've never right. gotten involved drugs. But the best drug dealers were the ones who never used. So yeah, they yeah. were the ones who knew how to make the money. They could easily snort that stuff up their nose and lose all that money. But they're like, no, 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 this is what I do. I'm a businessman. I'm not a user technology it could be the same way i mean you could you could yeah you go broke using it but if you know how to use it you could certainly allow you know to turn into a wonderful lifestyle and career and things so yeah i wish i would have started that a lot earlier i discovered it in you know around 98 that's when i really started getting kind of hooked on it um but yeah that that would probably be the one thing so
0: so so right now you're in what what you're working on GoDaddy right now, but what would you call? Yeah, I'm profession?
1: I'm still GoDaddy and I I do legal stuff um with the aftermarket involving, you know, website names, dot com names, dot net names, right. you know, blah 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 dot com. Um involved with like the sales of them and making sure that they're not violating any kind of trademark or things like that. So that that's kind of what I do. Yeah.
0: So by the way, I, I bought a domain name the other day and I want to sell it for a million dollars. Can you take care of that?
1: mm Mhm. It's also not a crap name, you know, and 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 that's the thing people are to understand about names. um There's a reason why they're called addresses, you know, because they are they're online addresses, you know. Uh, they're
0: basically your IP the address. Good addresses tied to that are domain. Name.
1: To, yeah, and so you know, the better the address, the better the domain name, the more it's going to sell for. You know, right. a three bedroom, two bath house. In a really slummy part of town, somewhere in name your place here, is right. going to sell for this much. Take that same house and put it in like Beverly Hills or right on on Miami Beach. Guess what? That same house is going to sell for a little bit more because it's yeah, an attractive a address. <laughs> so again, it goes back right, to the more right. attractive. The more it's going to sell for. So just because you have a name doesn't mean you're going to be able to, you know, pay your <laughs> kids, uh, you know, college fund with it. So, yeah.
0: well, what profession would you have liked to attempt on your own?
1: Uh, if you in the wow. tech field. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, well, okay, so. When I was in high school, I was a guitar player. I was a hard rock, heavy metal guitar player, even though I listened to a lot of classical music and jazz and stuff. But I was really good at hard rock, heavy metal, because it was easy, actually. And if you played right, fast, right. the chicks dug that. You could play the really flamenco guitar songs, you know, that you learned from Andy right. Van Halen. All of a sudden, right. the chicks were like, hey, how are you doing?" you know, and, and so, yeah, so that was something that, that was my big thing. And I always, I don't know, I always wanted to, record an album i always wanted to you know i didn't need to sing because i can't sing i i get in the shower to start singing the tile starts falling off so i don't need <laughs> to sing let me just play the guitar because i could do that i and still do i mean when i was in um well when I, when i graduated high school before i went to the air force i had that time where i was working in my high school i also had guitar students i had four of them as right. a matter of fact and it was just easy money, and, and it was, but it was fun for me because I was teaching these kids who are excited. Oh, I want to be good. And I wanted them to be good. So I was like, okay, here's what you need to do. And there was this wonderful energy that went with that. So the music has always been a big thing for me. I've always been really excited about that. So yeah, I, right now, if, if somebody came to me and said, look, I've got a band and i know that you have a lot of music in your head and you've written a lot of stuff down and and you know i would love for you to come over and and let me give you several months to just kind of create some stuff and get it going i would love that 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 would probably be yeah yeah I mean, if, what, if that what was kind something of i could try to like do like
0: what what genre i know in high school you were hard, hard, hard metal, but
1: yeah know, hard rock, was... rock heavy metal was fun then but i think now yeah. You know, I don't know. It, it could be anything. It could be pop. It could be jazz. It could be country. It could be rock. It could be um, anything, as long as it's good. That right. that's what it comes down to. If I listen to it, and I'm like, wow, I like what I'm hearing. You know, that's that's what it's all about for me. If you know, and so, uh, you know, my iPhone has over forty-one thousand songs on it.
0: Okay, that's insane.
1: Forty-one thousand. Absolutely insane. And they're, no, absolutely, but but all different genres, though. I right. mean, you name a, a a genre, or I'm probably gonna have multiple bands, other than maybe religious Chinese disco. I don't have anything <laughs> other than that, but. Um, you know, yeah, but I've never no, but other that than before, that, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I, I remember make that up one time. Somebody said, can you think of a genre that would just be so off the wall? And I see "Yeah, religious Chinese disco and they just
0: were laughing I love it. and
1: for whatever reason, I never forgot that line. So yeah, that just always stuck with me, but yeah, so, um,
0: so I see a bunch of Chinese people doing religious disco. I, I just, it, Oh it my God.
1: Isn't that great? It's just wonderful. I mean, just, <laughs> just, you know, yeah. Praise whoever under the disco ball, you know, while eating.
0: Well, our see, next she, interview, I'm going to get you to play, play some riffs on the guitar, man.
1: I can do that. I haven't asked to do worse, flesh money. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always wanted to do that. That's something that's that's always been kind of a, a thing that I aspired to. Um, stand up comedy that would always be fun. But you know, the problem with stand up comedy, you have to learn how to write funny, and I don't I don't tend to really write funny. I just say stuff, you know. And
0: yeah, you're off. Yeah, the maybe cuff it
1: works, guy. maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I've yeah. always been that way, and so
0: yeah. you're more of a a person, a comic that people like to listen to, other than someone who yeah. just tells jokes, you know, over and over. Right. Right, I would much rather, right. I love the comics that you can just listen to them talk and tell a story, and it's funny. Versus yes. the ones that try to tell stupid little jokes, and you know, it's it gets old right. real quick. So right. yeah, I think you could do. It. I think you should do it. Maybe we'll have a and we'll the, have one where you, you know, okay. I'll get you a, well, we'll go and, down to and the you comedy know what, store. The, one,
1: and the, the ones who have it. had the staying power were the ones who were able to write funny, but but then put it out in a way to where it seemed very just conversational, you know, George yeah, Carlin, exactly. Robin Williams. Those were people who, you know, had staying power because they, they knew how to create great stories, but they would, you know, express them a the way where they felt like you felt like you were just sitting at a coffee table with him or yeah, or her exactly. i mean yeah. ella DeGeneres, oh my god she was hilarious i mean when <laughs> she was doing stand up was fantastic and you really felt like you were just sitting at a coffee shop and she's just spinning these yarns you know and uh, so many of them through the years and and even when we were kids i mean what made johnny carson so great is that it was his delivery i mean yeah, bad just... jokes he could make them funny i mean you know so.
0: he was just a funny yeah. person yeah
1: Oh, he really was. He was. He was so great.
0: Very successful. Mm-hmm. Speaking of success, what is your biggest failure? What did you learn from it?
1: Uh, biggest failure. I
0: know there's a lot of failures in life, but the biggest one, not the little ones that we. Well. You know, yeah, I mean, we all have day. little.
1: You know, we all have our little screw ups. So we go, ah, eh, we should have done that differently. Yeah, we should have done that differently. Right. So probably, I don't know. Okay, so I remember this was my first very serious relationship. Um, we actually got engaged. So she was the first. So I'd had girlfriends and stuff and girls that I was seeing and we'd be together for, you know, three months, six months, whatever, maybe even a year. But this was the first one where I actually said, yeah, you know what? I, I need to put a ring on this one. And we were together for a long time, seven and a half years, actually. And um, she was a divorcee. She had two young boys and who I absolutely loved. And when we broke up, I felt more sadness leaving them, the two boys than I did her because well, because you know we broke up because well she okay she made kind of necessary but um, because you know and and it is what it is and and I I know part of this my well, fault let's
0: of, let's okay. go into that. What but, what what was the what was the issue? I mean, you dated her for a long time, correct? I mean, you're engaged. yeah.
1: Right? So she had just gotten divorced, and I probably shouldn't have gotten with her because she was I was kind of a bounce back. But it bounced back. It lasted a hell of a long time, right. Um You know, but she, he cheated on her, and so yeah. she had major trust issues. She kept that in the relationship, and I mean, I was constantly, you know, the old saying, "You're innocent until proven guilty." Yeah, no, yeah. I was guilty until proven innocent, and and that became a regular thing. And and granted. There were certainly several times where I proved myself innocent, got great sex out of it, but <laughs> it's not that's that should never be the reason to get great sex. You know, it, it should be about the two people who, who feel the same way about each other, want to, you know, please each other and, and, and share a bond and not because, OK, you caught me. I OK, you were innocent here. Let me take care of you. It shouldn't be that way, but it was. The first couple of years, it was great. It was the honeymoon, I guess. And, and she could right. do no wrong. I could do no wrong. But, it, you know, around year three or year four, that's when it started creeping its ugly head. And that's when I should have started really seeing the warning signs. And But, I, you know, my mistake was I kept hoping she would change. Right. And it's just, that's not how it works. If somebody wants to change, they're going to change. But if they don't want to change, they're not going to. And when the argument becomes where well this is this is a, and what her response is well I can't help it that's when you need tuck tail and run because yeah, I yeah. can't help it is her way of saying I'm not changing so yeah, do you think maybe oh well. sometimes
0: like she you said she her husband cheated on her do you think right. maybe she she needed that to happen so that's why she's that type of person that keeps saying you're going to do, you do it you're going to do it you're going to do it cuz she wants you to do that so she can have that drama
1: yeah I mean, you wonder about people. She never came across that type, but I never really thought about that way. I mean, you never know. She, the guy, uh, the husband, the, he, the woman that he cheated with, he ended up marrying. So, (laughs) yeah. So it wasn't like just a fling. I think, I think he, uh. That's
0: kind of what I'm saying. Do you think maybe he was just like, I'm done with this shit and I'm moving on. Right. And, uh, you know.
1: Oh, I think that's what happened with her. Yeah. So, yeah. I do believe that. But unfortunately,
0: the reason uh, I say that is and, I was and, looking at podcast guests and, uh, real, mm-hmm. real briefly. And there's this one that says, I've been dating for like 20 years. And, uh, I started reading. She, there was a image of her text with this guy that she just met. And I'm like, that's why you're, you've been dating for 20 years. Cause you're a bleep and bleep. I mean, she was just nasty yeah. and, and nasty to this guy. Uh. I'm like, this is, You don't want to be in love lady. Cause you don't, treat people like that if you want to yeah. actually move forward with something. So mm. I'm thinking like some people are just like that and, uh, yeah, you know, there's there nothing that we can do to actually like change them, you know?
1: Right. Right. I and mean, if you and, need
0: someone to change, you're probably in the wrong relationship anyway.
1: Right. Well, and you know, here's the other thing too. And and look, I I get the need for organized religion for people, and and I don't, and and I I have a spiritual side to me, so I'm not saying that with any kind of a sense of discourse and sure. oh, how dare you or anything like that. But but she would use organized religion when it was convenient for her. She would become kind of that Christian judgmental person. Um, Again, just to be able to kind of, you know, win the battle, which which I I, I'm okay with that because we all want to win our battles. I mean, I totally get that. And when you're in a relationship, you want to be right. Um, But then you also realize that there are times that you have to meet halfway because, you know, as much as you want to think you're right. Well, you know what? Might not be so. And then also there's the case of, well, you know, if you're right you're not getting any for a while so you know and we're men and we know what we like so okay almost
0: a sense of control
1: well no absolutely it is and uh and best relationships are the ones who realize that they both have the control and that it's a matter of at times you have to share the remote control and at times she has to hold it at the there are times he has to hold it and so um, the best ones are the ones who understand that. Who understand that there is a give and take. That's not always going to be about I'm right, or you know, or he's an asshole, or she's a jerk, or whatever. It is about really stepping back and saying, okay, we we need to make this work together. So, but uh, you know, I mean, I was in my late twenties, or early thirties at that time. So, yeah, whatever. I so, think in a
0: relationship, if I think when you if you really want to make it work you have to give up half of who you are and the other person has to give up half of who they are then you can move forward together if you don't you're just asking that other person to live your life and they're asking you to live their life and it just doesn't work and i think that's why the two-year mark is where everything starts going wrong with most people it's always around two years i've been through it you went through it sure i know it seems to go through the two-year deal
1: yeah that's about and, the time uh, the honeymoon ends. And, and yeah, yeah, you're exactly. right. I mean, that's when that you start to assert your, you know, this is who I am and pay attention to this. And, and it's mo- men and women both. I mean, it's not, you know, one or the other, it's that you know, you want to, this is who I am really. I've, I played the game. I put on the facade. I, I've told, you know, I let you, you know, hear all the things you want to hear, but now I want to be the real me and, and, here it is. And, uh, you know, some people, uh, struggle, the ones that last are the ones who are like, okay, I get it. Okay. Yeah. But meet me halfway here because here's who I am. And it, when you have two people who are both willing to kind of meet that, 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 you know, halfway line and go, all right. You know, yeah,
0: I mean, if you're willing to give a part of who his, you are, then you're really in love with that person because giving Absolutely. up part of who you are is a very difficult thing to do for most people.
1: It it really is and and the best relationships are the ones to where inevitably all of you gets to eventually make your way back into the relationship for both sides. Yeah. And that's yeah. what creates the whole because now, you know what? You saw the best of me during the first two years. Now here it is year 3. A little bit of that slithering asshole is about to come into the play, you know, and they both bring it. And if you're both willing to go, okay, all right. Uh, you know what? That's fine. This is, this is the worst of you. I'm okay with that. Here's the worst of me. Oh, you're okay with that. All right. And, and I mean, at that point, you're like, holy cow, that's, that's, you know, that's yeah. when you could blow out the candles and go, this is great. This is uh this is a celebration. So, yeah.
0: So you're, you're single now.
1: I am single now. Yeah, yeah. I, Ladies, there, there's, yeah, there's, There's. What's funny is, yeah, it's. Uh, I just went to Monterey with a lady friend um, who's also Czech, and you know, unfortunately, she's a smoker, and that unfortunately mm. is a game changer for me. Is how can it, you
0: know, smoke it 2021? How do you? How do people still yeah, smoke knowing knowing what it
1: does? Well, she's Eastern European and in her 50s, so they all smoke. so they all smoke. Yeah, that's right. But do you have a problem with this smoking? You know, it's just a, just a misunderstanding.
0: You know, like for different cultures in America, it's like sure. smoking's bad. now. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, you know, over yeah, in Europe, but... it's it's bad, but it's not. You know, it's not as bad.
1: Well, yeah, but also keep in mind too. I mean, look, in the fifties and sixties here in America, everybody, pregnant women were smoking. I mean, it was like that's oh, just it was part of everyday life. And it wasn't until the eighties when you started to hear stories about, oh, this might actually be kind of bad, you know. So even in the seventies, it still wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, at ninety, in the nineties, it it completely flipped. Flipped, and now we are where we are. And but it, Europe was still a good decade behind, and it's not even now. Yeah, you're right. The big cities are now to the point where they're saying, yeah, you can't smoke in the restaurants and the bars and right. stuff. But you go out into the small towns? Oh, yeah. Shit, are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the doctor is in the delivery room pulling the kid out of the chute, and he's got a freaking camel hanging out of the side of his mouth. you kidding me? So, yeah, Oh, yeah. Well, what's,
0: uh, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you personally?
1: Hmm. What do they misunderstand about me? I don't know. not really sure. Well, it's changed. It's changed a lot. I mean, it it was different, you know, say 25 years ago compared to what it is now. Um, so, you know, I've always been, I've always loved women. I've, I've just, I've celebrated them. I love them. I've. You know, respected them. I've always wanted to have sex with a lot of them.
2: Mm, they're but, amazing uh, creatures.
1: They are amazing creatures, and they're batshit crazy too. And I'm okay with that because we met our assholes. so I understand why they're batshit crazy. <laughs> it just kind of that whole, you know, uh, that that it's well, a look vicious who they cycle. They have to
0: choose from. I realize well, that one it, day. Well, that's exactly. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah. right? Like, yeah, look what we do. have
0: to you choose from around. is amazing. What they have to choose yeah. from not so amazing.
1: So yeah. they have to be better people yeah. than we are. They, and they are better people than we are. Absolutely. So, um, but, you know, you know what's different now compared to what it was then. I, th- I think people now um, know who I am, and they're okay with that. It was very different, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago. Um, well, I remember this, case in point. Okay, so – when I was in my twenties, in you know mid twenties, I just gotten out of the Air Force and I was you know, looking to go into college. So I started a job working uh, with um, disabled, multiply handicapped young adults, and uh, and I went to interview for a position to be a supervisor. Right, and uh, and I think because of my personality, very outgoing, and wearing bright colored clothes people thought I was gay, which in the 80s still wasn't quite I mean like like it is now. now I think we're all equals. And yes, there's still some places, some pockets where unfortunately, you know it, it's just like racism, just like you know, sexism, just like anti-Semitism, yeah. just like, oh you're in a wheelchair you're less of a person just you know that kind of stuff it's a small pocket of people there's still those people you know they're they're still people who are going to judge you know um unfortunately hate is something that will never go away there are people who are more than willing to perpetuate the hate and so i was interviewing for this position and i thought i had a good shot i thought i had a great interview and at the end i was told i didn't get it and i said Okay, so what happened? What I need to work on? And the guy basically said, well, yeah, we were looking for somebody more straight. And I My just what, what, was what company blown was away. Yeah, I'm not going to even say because I don't. You know, it was Like I said, it was a company in Phoenix that was working with disabled young adults. And Jeez. I was just like blown away. And, and I went home and it was a long drive. It was like a 45, almost an hour drive home. And by the time I got home, I was just kind of like, I'd had a lot of time to think because it was stop, go traffic, got home and pick up the phone. And I called, um, and whoever was the on call, you know, supervisor, manager, whatever. I said, yeah, yeah. This, it's me. Yeah. I, I, I need to quit. I I just don't respect the company I'm working for and, you know, good luck to you people. And sadly they still exist that's a part i think is kind of sad which is funny that i happened to look them up like just two or three months ago is recently and they're still they still exist and the people that are in charge are still in charge and i'm just like wow that's awful but you know but uh that's kind of how things were you know i hope so i hope Mm -hmm. so because that was that was a shock that was uh and and I you know I've I've never been someone who judged I've always judged people's individuals who are you as an individual I don't care about your height weight your eye color your hair color your skin color your shoe size your dress size your nationality your political preference your sexual preference your religious preference none of that matters to me. Are you a kind person? Do you treat people well? Do you treat animals well? Are you someone who respects nature and the world around us? You know, I don't need you to be an eco-freak tree hugger, but just be kind, be a good person around this yeah. world around you. That's it. And so that's what I've Is always it so
0: difficult to be kind to people.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, you would think you would think, God, how hard can it be? And yet there's just those people who just feel like, well, you're not like me, so I'm not going to, you know. (laughs) And I shouldn't say that like it's only people from the South. There are people who who have college degrees, who live in the big cities, and who are still awful, treat people terribly because I disagree with your views on this or that or the other. You were born in the wrong country, or you were born this way or that way, or your whatever views. You know, I hate it. It's, you know, I mean... Again, I mean, and and respect is earned for me. I mean, you you know, I, I will give you very a much, shot. Yeah. And, you know, and, and as long as you do, you know, as long as you're a good person, I'm going to respect the hell out of you. But once you lose it, holy cow, it's hard to get it back. So, you
0: know. yeah, it's very, very, very difficult. So, yep. Now, let's talk about something that's nicer. Like, mm-hmm. do you, did you have a childhood nickname?
1: You know, I imagine I, well, with
0: Vasslav, but you probably did.
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> when we came to America, my uh, my parents were told by uh, and a, an American. My parents spoke Czech; they didn't speak English at the time. Right. Polish is pretty close to Czech. You can actually, if you have a Polish person and a Czech person, they can kind of make it work. It's kind of like somebody from Mexico or Spain if they meet somebody from Italy. They're right. different languages, but we're from Portugal. They can kind of hem and haw their way to where they can kind of figure it out. Right. So it's the same thing. And so this you know, Polish couple, they, they told my parents, they said, well, you know, your son, um, in America, kids all have middle names, especially boys. Right. Girls, most of the time, not always, but always the boys. And they're like, oh, really? They believed it because it's just kinda of, whereas in Eastern Europe <laughs> it wasn't like that. You didn't have middle names. It was right. kind of unusual in, in, in you know in Czech Republic or Poland or Austria or you know, Yugoslavia, Hungary, and those places. It was kind of unusual. And so my parents were like, all right, well, let's look at creating a middle name for him. And and they said, Okay, so Václav, the Bohemian version is Venceslas which the germanic is Wilhelm which the mm. american version is William let's yeah. make his middle name William and so it it was bill or billy and so billy was my my nickname in in grade school and through junior high when i hit high school let me tell you something jack i became mature
2: <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm not going with billy drop the y i'm bill
2: <laughs> i'm, I'm
1: bill. bill motherfucker i am bill <laughs> I am Big Bad Bill, you know, and so that that V-bill. was kind of like how it went. I, yeah, it's yeah, V Bill, yes, the be money, the V Bill, and so uh, and then when I went in the Air Force, it was kind of funny how I kind of took my name back. I said, you know, because they wanted your legal name, right. and so um, I was like, all right. So when I got back from the Air Force, I was like, no, 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 that, that, and you know what's funny is when I when I see friends from junior high and high school. They'll still call me Bill or Billy and I'm totally okay with that. You know, I I have absolutely no problem with being called that. I don't care, you know. So some people are well, like That's wow, who you were you, then. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're part of my ne- they're part of my past.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: And that name's part yeah. of my past, yeah, so.
0: My grandpa called me Snake Eyes. Wow. I thought that was the coolest name for a long time until I found out that snakes really can't see very well.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. I, I thought think he, that's called why that he called
1: you I thought it was because he used to slither around, bite him on the leg, and then he'd fall over <laughs> and almost die. But anyway, all right.
0: No, he. Yeah. No, yeah. we'll okay. move on with that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are the people in your life that have been most influential to you? It doesn't even—you don't even have to know them. Just in the world,
1: most of the people I'd never met. So, I mean, you know, uh, two are the most obvious people. They're people I have met. And those would be my mom and my dad, of course, because my parents came from Prague. Vinny, well, Václav, actually. I'm actually Václav Jr., according to my birth certificate. But oh, when wow. we came to America, they, my dad took the name Vinny for whatever reason. Okay,
2: I like that name. And my
1: mom's name was Dagmar. Yeah, so... Um, they were my biggest influence, of course. I mean they they were you know the people that to me are um, interesting people. and also, I'm just thankful they were the ones who raised me because I mean they right. came to America with two suitcases made out of cardboard. okay oh, yeah. They called them paper suitcases, but they were made out of cardboard crying two and a half kid on their arm two and a half year old kid on their arms didn't speak the language, didn't have a job, you know, none of that. Luckily, when they came here, they, they came here with um, my great aunt, my great uncle sponsored them. And so, you know, they at least through a little bit of government help and, and through my great aunt, great uncle who were successful people, when we came here to the Bronx, New York, they had a small apartment and... You know, they had, you know, a place to live and utilities. And and when they walked in, there was a refrigerator, you know, three quarters full of food. So that was good. So that at least had a good start. So they had that. And then they immediately became, you know, just let's bust our ass to make this happen. My mother, her first job was at the Empire State Building. She was emptying trash you know, as as yeah, an well, overnight like maid, but you right. know what? Pretty cool to say your first job was day apart, stay building. My yeah. dad was working a lot of different physical jobs, um, doing different things and uh around New York City and and uh <clears throat> but you know it it that's two people that I certainly do look up to in terms of uh as you grow up, of course, you find different people that affect you musically and, and on television and all these things. And, um, growing up, Johnny Carson, of course, was I mean, he was one of my first, because I, I just, he, to me was perfect. He was this brilliant, um, comedian who had a real personable charm. He was like an uncle that, you know, to ever, all of us. And so, And when I started getting the music, um, I started getting rock music and and pop and all that stuff. But for whatever reason, there was this one guy, Mozart, who just Uh kind of, I don't know what it was. There was something about Mozart's music that I just was like blown away by that really was uh, something that I connected with. And I don't know why that there's, and I love all kinds of classical music now, but back then, I, you know, Bach and Beethoven and Chopin, while well, they were great, and I, I I was like, yeah, okay, I nodded my head, but there was something about Mozart that was amazing to me. right And then years later, as I grew into adulthood, um, there was a rock band, progressive rock band out of Canada called Rush. Rush and oh. they were famous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Tom Slayer, oh, yeah. Radio, all that stuff. Well, their drummer... Guy named Neil Neil Peart, who was the like best the six foot four ever. lanky ever, absolutely. Never, yes. And uh, but he wrote all their lyrics, and then I would see, you know, and it wasn't until later years of YouTube where I started realizing, and then he started putting out books. He, I mean, this is a drummer for a rock band, right? And he's he's writing books, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, and he wrote seven books. Damn. And I was just blown away with how intelligent he was just, and he just made sense with things. And, and it wasn't about politics. It wasn't about, you know, hate. It wasn't about, it was just, he just saw things his way. And I, and I couldn't help, but just nod with everything. It was very rarely that I, in any way, disagree with him. And if I disagreed with something, I was kind of like, okay, I see your point. I feel a little bit different, but I see your point. And right. yeah, so he was somebody I had a lot of respect for. So, I'm glad that, that I grew up having a really wide open um, kind of a mentality that, that, that I had that I wasn't someone who was stuck with just, oh, just this, this, and that's all, nothing but that. You know, the people right. say, oh, I like both kinds of music, country and Western. You know, I wasn't that guy. I was the guy who wanted to hear something. I was the first guy who was like. Oh, rap. This is interesting. Okay. You know, back then it was called hip hop and it was just kind of like, wow, this is actually interesting. I, I like it. I like, they have unique things to say. And there's a lot of it. I'm not a big fan of like in terms of what they have to say, but a lot of it I thought was very entertaining and interesting. You know, a lot of jazz that people would look at and go, that's kind of boring to me. I thought it was interesting because there was a lot of thought put into it and there was a lot of feel. And I thought that was really cool. And that's what I dug about Um, people had interesting things to say, whether it was, like I said, you know, George Carlin or Bill Cosby, who I thought was a great comedian. I know people don't look at Bill Cosby now the same way they did back then. I get it, but he was brilliant, you know, through the years. I mean, what a great, you know, entertainer he was. So, yeah, I mean, it it is about um, being influenced by a lot of different people. Now I look at somebody like a, uh winston churchill and i'm just blown away how brilliant he was and uh you know i spent some time reading up on him and the things he had to say and wow he was fantastic so
0: yeah. Not only that but that's when men were men you know what i mean
1: right right that's Not, true you know, that is you know what how they it now, was. what they yeah. are today well yeah things have certainly changed and 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 i'll tell you um And I really do believe this. A lot of it I blame on science. I blame a lot of it on uh, the way that food is now being grown and how they're blending things together and how there's a lot more estrogen in food than there used to be, you know, Mm. because of the way... Because of these things being put into the vegetables, they're able to grow a lot more. The crops are a lot bigger for a lot less money, which means bigger profits. Well, but that also causes, you know, again, estrogen is a very emotional um, part of, you know, it's it's what causes people to become more, you know. And when men have a lot of estrogen in their system, they become, you know,
0: you know yeah, a I lot more that, emotional. Yeah, I get I mean, that. What I was, what I, what I thought, is this all started happening when the internet happened, when people were able mm. to come together. So you have all these little groups all over the place that are not very powerful because they're just a little group over here and there. Then the sure. internet happens, and everybody, absolutely, you know, everybody can oh, get together. And now that little group is now millions.
1: Now you're, you could be a social justice exactly. warrior. You could hide exactly. behind the keyboard and. You know, you could be that little ninja sniper in Poughkeepsie, New York, who can throw out these angry words and saying, well, I believe this. And people are going to get all mad and you could poof your pink hair or whatever you have going for you. I just know that about yourself. I was much
0: happier and liked people a lot better when I didn't know them so well.
1: That's true, too. Yeah. Yep.
0: I have a family that I didn't want to know this stuff about that I now see on the internet from them. You know, I don't right. want to know that about you. I used to like you. Now I'm having a difficult time with that. So well, I think, I internet, was, I, I think we're just too immature right now, and the internet happened really fast.
1: Yeah. yeah. Everything goes up I always and felt down, the same and, up way. and
0: down, and it'll level off immediately. It, it, eventually it'll level off.
1: Eventually it will. And I always felt the same way about you until I saw your first three or four porn videos. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And then I... Wasn't quite ready for that. So, well, you know.
0: speaking of porn videos, what yeah, other know, other than Skinamax you know keeps is, you up at night?
1: I was going to say, when is there never <laughs> a bad segue to, speaking of porn videos. <laughs>
0: speaking of porn videos, yes. Yeah. So what keeps you up at what night other than, again, other than Skinamax night? or porn videos?
1: Right. Yeah. You know, honestly, porn videos don't keep me up at night because it <laughs> doesn't take that long. for that <laughs> They
0: purpose. keep you up for like three or four minutes?
1: Oh my god, thanks for all the credit. Um you know, <laughs> I remember one night. I mean, what do there, you there think? Gal...
0: What do you think of like when you're Go ahead. Tell tell your story first, but
1: well. Well, no, I, there there was a gal that I met one night and I of course chose to brag about my, you know, I I chose to be quite braggadocious about my sexual exploits. And I told her, you know, a night with me is going to be the Best three inches and 11 seconds of her life. So she'd better <laughs> be ready. So, you know, but yeah. no, but, you know, honestly, that there, there isn't a whole lot that keeps you up, but I mean, finances, of course, we always worry about money and, and making sure you're going to be able to take care of your future because, right. you know, that's, that's just something you think about and, and worrying about just the future itself and, you know, just what, what's going to happen a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Yeah, you know, you think about that, but yeah, you know, that's really about it. I don't, I really don't worry too much about things because you can allow yourself to get overly, you know, caught up in stuff. And sometimes you just need to move forward. And that's really, yeah. and I employ that in my everyday life. I really do. I, I, that's what keeps me going. Sometimes I just have to tell myself, just, you know, Move on. Just keep going forward.
0: So, yeah, move forward, man. That's that's what you have to do in life.
1: That's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, tell me. Tell me about a person that has touched your life in some way, like deeply.
1: I, you know, I can think of a few actually. Recently, just the last couple of years, um, living here in Arizona, you know, and. I and I've always been a fan of of hockey. I've always been a hockey fan, and and there was a gal, this young girl. She was, you know, eight years old. Um, Her name was Layton, and she was dealing with cancer. And I'm like, first of all, the idea of an eight year old have to deal with cancer to me is just beyond the realms of. Because when I grew up, that wasn't a thing, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't anything anybody talked about. Nobody. I. There's nobody in my school that I was aware of ever that dealt with that. You know, right. we were just worrying about just trying to get our homework assignments done and making a basket in basketball and 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 kickball and baseball and and oh, I hope that girl likes me and all that right. stuff. You know, that that's what you were focusing on, and not cancer. That's stuff that's supposed to happen when you're in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, you know, right. and here's this kid that started dealing with cancer when she was seven. And, um, and she was actually playing hockey on a young girls, you know, like a local little team or whatever. Right. And it caught the, um, imagination caught got word to the Arizona Coyotes hockey team. And they brought her out and, and she became kind of the, the beacon of hope and and became kind of a mascot and uh and we all just absolutely fell in love with her and and here's this little tiny person bald head blue eyes you know little freckles on her nose big smile skating around with her hockey stick and it, it was just you know she was someone who was like someone like oh how do you not root for someone like that and uh and her mother and I got connected on Instagram and we would you know, chat once in a while. Not, not that often. And I got that message from her, um, one random Tuesday morning, about eight 30 in the morning, my little Layton's gone. And I just, I, I just remember feeling like somebody reached back with all their might with like a massive rock, just, just sucked me in the stomach as hard as possible. It was just yeah. like, I, it just blew me away, and so yeah, that was that was really rough. So you know, and then that's that's the kind of stuff you kind of like you you know, and but that's somebody I never met, and yet she touched my life that way. Right. um now, as far as somebody I have met, so I had a roommate who when this whole Covid thing happened, there was a gal who I used to work with at GoDaddy. And she, she left her job to go on to what thought she thought was going to be a better job, which ended up not being a better job. And then she just kind of fell apart at the seams. So her 12-year-old daughter was, you know, with her. And so I said, you know what, yeah, just move in with me into this little townhouse. It's nothing major, but you'll have your own bedroom, you know, and, and, and your own bathroom and, and just get your act together and we'll be fine. A month later, COVID happens. Right. All right. So it's kind of a bummer, but all right. So, but, you know, in the meantime, I mean, I, I, we were doing okay and I was working. So I was making good money at at GoDaddy. So that was good. And, uh, and so it was fine. And, you know, then the daughter turns 13 and as I got to know her, I just am like, wow, she's, she, if I had a daughter, it would be her. Cause her, her attitude, her personality and her sarcasm was like, <laughs> you know, can we do a DNA test? Cause I feel like you might be mine actually, you know, cause she, her and I were just, we would go, we went to Fry's grocery store and we would just make people just crack a black, it was like a stand-up routine. And for us, there was this ego, like we would try to outdo each other almost. It was right. so much fun. And, um. Uh, but unfortunately, you know the the mother. It just it things just got worse and worse. And I finally, and fortunately, the daughter went to stay with the grandmother, which was the mom. You know the the woman's mom, right? Um, because she went to the same school she was in the same neighborhood, so that was good. Good for her. And then I have no idea what happened to. The roommate i kicked her out i evicted her i said i'll call the police get out of here and i changed the locks so right i haven't talked to her in months the daughter i i just i but i worry about her future because it's not a good situation for her and i mean i, I mean i feel like if i won the lottery i would try to adopt her just even if she didn't live with me just so she could have the best life possible because I, because i really care about her as a person and you know just it's a bummer. It's a bummer because I didn't have that kind of problem when I was thirteen. I had an yeah. easy life. I was living at home with mom and dad, both who were working and, and making good money, and we were good. And I didn't have a mother who was eh, a little bit who I think is a tweaker, but you know, oh, I geez. worry. So yeah, yeah. No, it's hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm glad that uh, she had someone around at least like you for a little while. Anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Now yep speaking of being single what's the worst date you've ever been on
1: i gotta tell you i've been pretty lucky most of my dates have been pretty good we've at least had fun and all that stuff so i i I don't recall ever really having any problems um it's been pretty good there well okay there there was one and this was a while ago this was probably about A long time ago, but yeah, there there was one girl that I met, and we, you know, kind of got along all right. And I was like, all right, let's go out to eat. I took her to a halfway decent restaurant in in Scottsdale, and oh dear God, I I'm not sure what farm she grew up on. I don't think she lived (laughs) in a house. I think she lived in a (laughs) sty. I mean, watching and listening to her eat was just mind blowing. I mean, she would. She would take like a piece of food, and she would open her mouth wide, and hold her head up, and drop the food from the dog. She was like like a fish. It was horrible, and then she, <laughs> and just, I mean the, she, it was horrid, and I I was just blown away.
0: You just looked around like, oh my god.
1: Ethics she had of any kind. I was just like, "Wow, I want to meet your parents when we go to your cave to meet them, <laughs> because you obviously didn't grow up around the human race." Right. And oh my god, that was horrid. Yeah, and and um, yeah, never called her again. What was her and name? That just didn't happen. Uh, what was it? Ka- Ka- Catherine? I think it was Catherine. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying hard to forget because I'm trying to stay out of therapy, and are not
2: right. <laughs> me, so.
1: But yeah, no, I think Catherine was something like that, Kathy, Catherine. Yeah, that sounds
0: right. So, so yeah. talking about yeah. turning back time, if you could turn back time or go back that far, maybe to your, mm? I don't know, eighteen-year-old self, sixteen, eighteen, mm. twenty. What would mm. you tell yourself?
1: Oh. Well, advice? well these you know what the immediate is to say okay dude put all your money aside and invest it in cisco systems microsoft and apple i know yeah. you don't know who they are now but trust me you will you know those <laughs> would probably that's the immediate one that's the easy one you know yeah. that's that goes without saying um beyond that You know, honestly, and I thought about this not too long ago. Yeah, when you're a teenager and when you're just getting out of high school, and even when you're in high school, you're afraid of, you know, the people you have feelings for. For me, women scared me, girls scared me to death, you know, because I was like, they were were these perfect angels and stuff. I didn't know they farted and belched, who knew, (laughs) you know. But they just seemed so... Wonderful, and they really are. Even though they do fart and milch, they are amazing. But you know, I I think, yeah, I think I would have said something to the effect of, "Dude, listen, just so you know, they're just afraid. They're as afraid of you as you're of them. They're they're nervous too. They they don't want to screw it up." So. You know, you, you feel like that the boys are always the ones who are nervous, and the girls are always the ones who are like, "Oh yeah, no, I got this covered." I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the one in charge and everything like that. Be find out later in life when you get in conversations with these, you know, now adults. No, no, they they were just as nervous as we were. So yeah, that that would be something I would tell myself, as, you know, as saying, "Dude, don't be a little more confident because they're they're scared too." So.
0: All you got to do is say and hello, I, and
1: I tell that now. So uh, there's uh, one, you know, there, there's a buddy of mine and who I went to high school with, and his son is 16, and and this was um, this was poor Christmas. It was probably around November. I went over to the house, and and we were chatting, and I I you know we were talking about you know school and girls and all that. And I said, dude, just so you know, I went through it. Your dad went through it. They're just as afraid as you are so just listen don't be just be talk to them like you're talking to me seriously you'd you'd be surprised how easy it is and uh and sure enough um just a few months ago i my friend posted on facebook a picture of his son with his new girlfriend and i'm like holy cow (laughs) wow (laughs) well done you that that one's out of your league, but hey, you talked to her. <laughs> good for you. So yeah,
0: that's all you gotta so, do is talk yeah, to no, All that's... you gotta do is say hello. That's it.
1: Yeah, you know what? Ask them out. What are they gonna say? No. Okay. Yeah. Then you go to the next one. <laughs> they might say yes. You never know. You know? I mean, um, one of my friends when I was in high school, she was a cheerleader at at my high school, and she. And this, now she's happily married and has two kids and she's doing wonderful. But back then she said, you would not believe it. She's like, how many Saturday nights I was home alone. Nobody asked me out. Boys wouldn't ask me out. And I said, well, because you were a beautiful cheerleader. And they assumed you were going to be out with the quarterback of the of the football team. And, and she said, yeah, that, that may be right. She's like, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's just kind of how it is. So
0: well, I think women, girls do mature faster than boys and boys in they high do. school or junior high are intimidated, you know, absolutely they're more like are. actors than they are actually confident. You know, they're yes. not really confident. They're just acting confidence. And when it comes down to asking a girl, right. they don't want to get told no, or if they have been You're told right. no, that, that, you know, affected them, scarred them. So, Oh yeah. I never had that problem. Well, I talked to you girl, so. You know what?
1: yeah and a lot of it depends on how you're told no if if they Hmm. say well i've got somebody else i'm looking at or whatever i had one girl tell me that i I asked her out and she's like you know what there's this other guy i really like and i just he's my focus okay i thought that was a great answer by the way yeah it is even if it was a bullshit answer i thought it was a great answer because it was Talk about the, I mean, she let me down into a field of cotton. I mean, it was the right. most gentlest, <laughs> you know, no ever. And it, it was wonderful. And mm-hmm. uh, and we're friends on Facebook now. So, nice. I mean, obviously, you know, so, uh, yeah.
0: Well, let's see. You, you've you learned a lot of lessons in life. What's the, I have learned a lot of lessons <laughs> in life. What's the most important thing you've learned? I know it's that's a hard question, but.
1: Yeah, there's so much. So I graduated high school and I had really good, good grades and everything like that. And I was one of those kids who I didn't have to study. I was very smart. I was very intelligent. I mean, I could like, I remember one time I was sitting there just listening to the teacher and I didn't have the book open. I, and all I did, I was just looking right at the teacher, I was just listening. I probably had a bored look on my face because, you, know, you know. Right. But at the at the end, this teacher said, okay, you guys go on the playground, except you. He pointed at me and, and he said, you didn't even give a rat's tail about the what I was talking about. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was listening to the whole thing. You looked like you were so disinterested. You didn't have your book open. You didn't take notes. None of that. You know what? Here, why don't you take the test now? And I did. <laughs> and I got 100 on it. Nice. And that was the last time that ever happened. So, I you know, but, uh, but here's the thing with that, though. While that was great, it kind of planted a bad seed because I started thinking I was better than I was. Right. And I started thinking that, you know, what? as long as I'm smart, Everything's gonna come to me. As long as you're intelligent, you're gonna be fine. You know, there there nobody told me you had to actually work hard or work for it. You know, what do you mean this bullshit about I have to earn it? Shut up, I'm smart, (laughs) you know. So that was the problem. I was kinda too smart for my own good in a way, because I was smart. But I was kind of not a hard worker. I was lazy. I mean, it really right. was, but it comes down to it. I was lazy. i I knew I could do it if I chose to apply myself. And you know what? Right? If I need to I'll apply myself, but most of the time I didn't. So <laughs> it really wasn't until later, well, the Air Force, that's really what did it for me. you know, i imagine. What yeah, made me go whoa, okay. Hmm. So when I got back from the Air Force, my mindset was a little bit different i i still i knew i was intelligent i knew i had a lot to offer upstairs but i also knew that it wasn't just because it was inside of my cranium it didn't mean that it was going to turn into anything you know so right. um i had to make it happen so that that's probably the most important thing i learned was you know the military woke me up to realizing that you know just because you are good at something doesn't mean that it's like a really great musician. You could be born with all the talent in the world, but if you practice once a week, you're not going to turn it into anything.
0: You're just yeah, right. Like, yeah.
1: Eh, you know, so you have to kind of really enhance that and continue to work on it. So, you know that that's that's what helped me. So, yeah.
0: excellent. That's uh, I think that I think that's a good point. If you wanna if you want to get anywhere or anything, or get anything, or do anything. Um, you want to do it well, I should say. You have to work harder than everybody yeah. else. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to be the best, you have to work harder than everybody else. You
1: know, yes. people that have
0: people are the best at things didn't just—they're just not the best. Like mm-hmm. I was born the best at something; they worked for it. You know, they might have had a talent with it, but right. Even Michael Jordan got you know kicked off his or didn't get um, chosen for the varsity team because for his high
1: school team.
0: Yeah, for his high That's school right. team, and he already had the talent. He just didn't apply himself, like you said. And, so right. he worked he worked double hard all that year and his coach helped him and he'd go in the mornings and yep. and practice and then now look at him. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah, he's the goat.
1: Of all time. Yeah. And and, he, and, and he, even he when he hard. got into the even when he got in the NBA, he didn't go very far for the first time. What he didn't make the playoffs till like I mean he didn't go deep he didn't go to the finals till his fifth or sixth year. So right. even and, as good as he was and as hard work as he was he had to put that much more work in to get even, and once he got to the finals, that's it. I mean, he's the only player I know of in history. Um, well, I mean, Scotty Pippen, because that was his teammate, but I mean, he's 6-0 and in the finals. No, nobody right. went undefeated in the finals. I mean, LeBron didn't, Will Chamberlain didn't, Bill Russell. Didn't. I mean, you know, go through the greatest players of all time. None of them are you know, undefeated and who were MVPs, You know, but he did. Yeah. No, great. Great point. Michael Jordan. Wow. Yeah.
0: That guy. Holy cow. I chalk it up to, I mean, he may have had the talent, but I chalk it up to him going, you know what? Instead of, you know, getting cut and going, forget it. I'm not going to do this. He said, you know what? I'm going to work twice as hard now. And he did. That's what I appreciate. That's what I respect about Mm -hmm. people that work. Absolutely. Yep. They work hard. So, so yeah. What was the, the the happiest moment in your life, I guess? I know that's another difficult question, but um, wow, that is there's got to be at one. least one or two things that stick Absolutely. out. I
1: mean, there's always going to be a few things. I mean, you know, you can go back. <clears throat> there's a couple I think of right away. One is not a moment. It's, it's spread out over several weeks. And one is an actual defining moment. The one that's the funny moment, I was 10 years old. So, but you know what? It, it, at that moment, it was the most amazing thing in the world. I was playing little league baseball and our team wasn't that good, but we were trying to make it in the playoffs. If we win this game, we're, we're going to at least get into the playoffs. And here we were. And our team was down by two runs bases loaded. And here I come to bat. And I hadn't had success all year. I'd just been the average. I walked a lot because I was short. Pitchers couldn't pitch to me because I would always go. And I was really fast. So if you put me on first, that's like a double because I'd immediately steal second base. So oftentimes I'd steal third on the very next pitch. And they'd be like, (laughs) you know, because that was really fast. But there was this one game where we were down by two runs. It was the bottom of the sixth, which is like in pro baseball, bottom of the ninth. It's like, this is it, you know. get something done and go home bases loaded. We're down by two. I'm like, all right, here we go. Uh, You know, so I'm hoping I can walk in a run. I can't steal second because the bases are loaded. So that's not going to happen. But, uh, and the pitcher that was pitching, I remember his name was Clint. I remember his name actually. And, uh, and he was one of those guys who was really good. And it was one of those strike one, strike two, and then he threw the next pitch, and I closed my eyes and swung, and <laughs> I just heard this—I mean, loud pop. I thought, "Why? Well, I hope I didn't break my spine." Because I, right? you know, <laughs> I didn't know what that was. I hadn't heard that off come off my bat before, and I had just beaten the hell out of the baseball, drove it between um, center and right field, and cleared the bases. I ended up having a double. All three runners scored and we won by one run in
0: the bottom Nice. and
1: that was just most amazing. And uh and that, you know, we ended up uh they took us out for pizza. They carried me out on my shoulder you know, on their shoulders. I was like the hero. That, you know, when you're a little puny kid, that that was a pretty cool moment. So You
0: know what, it, um, what that game was called? That was called the V ball. That?
1: that was V ball. It really was. It was V ball. That was amazing. It was just uh what a wonderful time in Apache Junction, Arizona! Yeah, so I never had but, a um,
0: better time in my life than when I played baseball when I was a kid. I played all the way. Yeah, high school. Yeah, there was this amazing.
1: wonderful innocence, and yet there there's this this sense of you know camaraderie, and and yet you're you know you're battling to help your team win. I mean, it was wonderful. It was a great time, and uh, I yeah, I don't know if kids really get that now because back then it was all so. You might not get to play if you're not good enough. You know, it's not like, you know, there weren't participation trophies like.
0: Right. (laughs) It's
1: a very different time. But um, but, you know, the other thing, too. Going back to when I said about a second moment, it wasn't over the course of a moment. It was the course of about five weeks. So I was born in Prague, Czechoslovakia when I was to, you know, communist Russia rolled their tanks into Prague, took over the country. Um, my dad had friends at the Austrian embassy, paid some money, got falsified passports. We were able to escape, came to America. And it was an amazing story. And then in December of 1989, communist Russia pulled out of Prague and it became a democratic you know, um, country again. And so in March of 1990, we got to fly back and so for me that was the first time seeing my the place of my births you know because i don't remember what was going on when i was two of course right and it was just amazing that entire five-week period was just there wasn't one moment though that's the thing it's like i there were like hundreds of moments literally there were i mean certainly dozens of moments that were incredibly memorable that just really that that piece of time there's nothing that touches it I mean really nothing you know um, you know that the one night stand I had with Britney Spears that was great she was <laughs> bald at the time so it wasn't as great and plus so, and all, so she didn't she remember it but anyway um, no but you know that that time in Prague with my parents and my aunts and uncles and, and getting to see my one living grandparent my grandmother my mom's mom all of that, unbelievable. You know, hey, this this is the hospital you were born at. This is the 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 apartment you grew up in when you were you know x number of months old. All that, and plus, I mean, it's such a foreign country when you're used to America. All of a sudden, you see this amazing, amazing architecture and people speaking another language but you understand that language because luckily your parents were
0: right? stubborn
1: and <laughs> forced you to learn the language which i'm now so thankful they did yeah I'm, all I'm, that I stuff
0: can see, i can see how that would be amazing to go back and see oh, where you were born and yes. where everything yeah. started yeah that yeah, was probably missing in your yeah. life you're probably missing that you know I imagine yeah, i if was I had been born somewhere and then moved to another country i would definitely want to go back yeah. and see where I was from. I know? mean,
1: you know, you would read like, you know, the Encyclopedia Britannica because it was way before the Internet. Yeah. And you would <laughs> read about, you know, books and magazines had to do with Czechoslovakia. And you'd kind of get a little bit of a feel about your people and your country and your nation. And, and you'd see pictures. and You're like, wow, that's amazing. Shame I'll never see it. Because at that time, you're convinced you will never see it. You know yep. it's under the rule of a, a, a iron-fisted government it's not ever going to let up that's kind of how you feel it is and you move on and you just kind of accept it for well that's just kind of how it is but you know what thank god i'm america this wonderful country and hey that new song by the Bee gees it's pretty darn good isn't <laughs> it? so you know so, yeah.
0: well how has your life been different than than you imagine what you imagine <clears throat>
1: I mean, you know, growing up the time, (laughs) yeah, thanks for throwing me some softballs, dude. Um, Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Well, going back to the beginning of, of the conversation about technology, I mean, you didn't expect, you know, things to be like this. Look, did you really think when you were seven or eight years old that you would have this little piece of plastic or whatever it's made out of that you could stick in your pocket? You could use this to call people you could use this to send people instant notes it's like writing a letter but you're instead of mailing it they're getting it like within milliseconds right you could also use this for all of your music you could also use this to learn about information whether it be news or history um by the way how do i get to that one restaurant that's on the other side of town because i'm visiting let me use this little piece of plastic to look that up and it'll give me directions you know who knew that was going to be a thing
0: but i also didn't know that these this piece of plastic would cost me nine hundred dollars
1: well yeah but i mean well it's also you have to look at it financially you know back then you know, a thousand dollars would buy you a used car—a
0: good, absolutely car. a good, yeah, a good used of car.
1: Crap, a good used car. You know, compared to now, so I mean, a thousand dollars now is like—I you know, I make that in a week without a problem.
2: Yeah.
1: and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's because I got lucky enough to get into the right position where I'm doing well. You know, to where I'm able to afford that, but. You know, I mean, it is different. I mean, it, it's a very different lifestyle and a different time frame. So, yeah, I get that. But you're right. It's still a lot of money. I mean, for the average person, the idea of, of you know, a 1000 I mean, bucks, so you have to kind of save up for that. So, you know, what that means for me is that, you know, no cocaine and no hookers for a week. That's <laughs> all that is.
0: So,
1: I'm kidding. I don't give cocaine any of my hookers. Come
0: on. You better not. No, because
1: they might go out and take care of other people. That's know. right.
0: <laughs> yep. So what, what do you most like and what do you most hate about life? Another another softball, but you know, there's there's certain things right now that I can't stand about life, and there's certain things right now I love about life.
1: Sure. <clears throat> I guess it depends on how deep you want to get into it or how happy or angry you are. I suppose you could certainly let politics drive you or you could let relationships drive you. There's so many things you can allow, but I, I think it, it just comes back to really stepping back and saying, you know, what, what is it that really just brings you true joy and Outside of you know the the stuff that people feed you, what are the things you really you know wish that you could change about the world and stuff? So, um, what I like and I, and and I will be honest, I, I I it took me a while to get to this point because I don't think I had the appreciation, but now I am to that point where I really do appreciate the little things that didn't really matter as much. So things like I don't know like uh you know smells, tastes, uh sights, uh, feels, food, drink, music, you know, the ocean. Um the beauty of like like art, paintings and sculptures, things that I didn't give a crap about when I was, well, I should not say give a crap about, but I didn't appreciate, didn't appreciate much them yeah. then as I yeah. do now, you know, yeah. the beauty of women,
0: oh,
1: what yeah. you know, there really is a true beauty about them and what they, you know, offer as, as human beings. And it's not just about, you know, it's not about sexuality. It, it really is about the beauty of women as mothers, as daughters, as, as, as people, you know, that I think is something that you know, and, and really the appreciation for everything I just said and not taking it for granted, because I think there was a time I did take it for granted where I didn't right. really want well, say, yeah, that smells good. That's great. Or, oh, this tastes good. That's great. Yeah, that pizza. It's really good. And not really appreciating what you, know, because there are people out there who don't have what we have, you know, that, right. that are struggling for their next meal or, or who due to, you know, Maybe who aren't able to see because they're blind. They're they're just due to, you know, whatever happened in their life, they're unable to see all these things. It's, it's about that. So that I have a real appreciation for in terms of what I hate. Well, you know, I, I, I think it's for me, um, the thought of children's cancer is the first thing I thought of, because like we said earlier, when I was talking to him, what I said, the idea of when we were in grade school, that wasn't a thing we never dealt with that oh cancer was something that old people dealt with you know i mean the thought that now that they have actual cancer wards for children is mind-blowing to me that there has to be an actual entire portion of a hospital just for children's cancer is just... Uh, there's
0: entire hospitals just for children's cancer. There,
1: there is actually entire hospital. Yeah. I mean, the Shriners actually have entire hospitals just dedicated yeah. to... Absolutely. They do an amazing job. My dad was a Shriner. So, I mean, he was, nice. he was a temple guard for, you know, the Shriners. And so he was very involved with that. So I, you know, when I was a late teenager, before, you know, in high school, I remember him being involved with that. And I just thought, wow, that's really cool that he does that. And I didn't realize that there was something that, that that was actually going on. And but it seems like over the last 25 years that those hospitals got a lot bigger and, and that the number of kids showing up, there's a lot more. And that that breaks my heart. So um, yeah. so that that that's hard. And then. I don't know, I, I, I feel like any kind of I hate you know what I hate the word abuse Right. I don't care if it's abuse against anybody, abuse against certainly abuse against children, sexual abuse against children, just makes me just want to, yeah, please let me murder these people who caused this. You know, shouldn't I, there, shouldn't I we wish be allowed there was, to do that? I and I really think we should. You know, I mean, I applaud, and I'm not a big, huge fan of the current governor of Arizona, but. He just recently put a thing out where if you are arrested for, um, <clears throat> sexual abuse of children, it's a life sentence nice without possibility of parole. I thought, wow, that that takes guts. Well done. You Doug Ducey. Well done. You cause that, yeah. you know, yeah, that just came out like six weeks ago, eight, uh, two months ago. That was pretty recent. So I was like, whoa, holy cow. But anything, I mean, abuse against what you know, because unfortunately women still get, get beaten the shit out of when they don't deserve to. Um, animals well, I don't that think are they are abused ever deserve horribly. To. No, they never, you know, uh, well, I can think of one or two, uh, I'd rather not <laughs> talk about it. Anyway, no, but no, you're right, they don't, they don't, I mean, of course, and but nobody does, really, yeah, no one animals. Does. Especially uh, animals, I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. Quite you No. Know, abuse against nature people who don't care they go out to they go out camping they trash the place they they create a huge bonfire and then they leave while the fire is burning and then they're shocked to find out that all of a sudden five thousand acres burned down and it was really their fire they started you know i mean that that to me the word respect is a really big thing with me and and well, I understand that, you know, the whole thing during the hip hop community. Yo, yo, you respect. Eh, shut up. Okay. But <laughs> uh, but to me, it's still, ultimately, it is about respect. It is about re- just yep. a basic respect of humanity of of any kind is, right. is that's, that's it. That's.
0: Well, I agree with you 100%. That's, uh, yep. I think, especially you touched on just the type of people that just don't care you know they just go around yeah abusing things or trashing things and it's a real right. embarrassing I think I think I don't like that obviously there's obviously reasons you don't like that but also because you know they're representing our our race our human race you know and uh-huh that's not Absolutely. how I am and I don't like to be represented like that so I think that's another big agreed big deal yeah so agreed coming to the end of our amazing chat I want to ask you what would you have asked yourself that i didn't if i missed something or i didn't touch on something what would you say
1: yeah you probably would have asked why didn't you let me take you home that one night but no other no. than
2: that
1: okay good all right all right um i, was I don't trying. know i mean you know there there's a, <laughs> you were hammered actually <laughs> but so was i so i, I kind of was expecting it so Stop the gas station and bought lube, but all right. Anyway, <laughs> okay. um, okay. Thank you for, for yeah. I appreciate your forgiveness. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, I mean, it would be easy to say I mean, the, the easy questions that, that people ask always are always like, oh, where do you see yourself, you know, in the future, six months, a year, five years, 10 years beyond whatever, right. You know, I mean, those those are easy. Those those are softballs, and you didn't throw me any softballs. You know, I I was hoping you would throw me some softballs. You
0: know, I played hardball growing up, not softball.
1: Yeah, no, you suck. But uh, (laughs) you
0: know, um, well, how about your job? What do you hope to be at your job in six months, a year? Same, doing the exact same thing. I mean, you have a great job. It's a fun job. So I,
1: I have a great job with a great company and, and the great department. Yeah, I, I guess six months from now, probably doing the same thing. A year from now, hopefully moving up. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of the goal and, and to continue. Because I really do believe in what I'm doing. So it'd be one thing if I didn't really believe in it to where I didn't care. Right. Where I was just doing it for the money. Then it's easy to say, yeah, you know, whatever, you know. If I won like a huge lottery jackpot, let's say I won a hundred million bucks or something, that would be different. <laughs> then yeah, okay, I can, you know, say that and 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 well, I would leave the job not because I don't need it anymore, but also because there's someone else who needs it. Right. I don't. So let me step down. So someone who is you know who's trying to move up can get into my spot where they can be in a good spot. Sure. Yeah. That that's why I would leave. You know, it's not because I'm not a Johnny paycheck. Take this job and shove it. Right. You know, I'm not <laughs> that guy. You know, GoDaddy's been way too good to me. I'm not going to just go. You know, f you and I'm out of here. I I would put in probably like a six month notice. I I wouldn't even put in two week. You know, I would say, look. Even a three month notice, just uh, hire a new guy and let me train him on how to do everything wrong, and then I could leave, you know, kind of thing. And let so me just, that let me would just be,
0: butt in and, and say that that would last for about two minutes. And after true, a couple minutes, would you would video. just be like, they see would,
1: ya. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what? I, yeah, honestly, I wouldn't. I, thank God my parents taught me some kind of sense of scruples and ethic and about doing the right thing um Yes, I but think, here's the deal. You know,
0: even GoDaddy, even Bob Parsons would come to your department, and he would put his hand on your shoulder, and he would say, Voslov, get the fuck out of here. You just yeah. won a hundred million dollars. What are you doing yeah. here? Leave."
1: He, he would say, "Like the you, you got to do the Bob Parsons voice, oh, son. <laughs> you put in your time. Get the fuck out of here. I'll say, listen. You got to buy the bottle of bourbon though." But I'll meet you over there. We'll we'll sit it, you know. But uh, yeah, well, no, awesome absolutely. Guy, God bless that guy. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, how, that, about, that how about how about your love it,
0: life then? So. Yeah. A year, five years.
1: Well, you know, I mean, you always hope. Uh, you know, I mean, there there was. Uh, yeah, I was seeing a girl last year, and and it was in the beginning of COVID, so it was kind of like. And then everything kind of fell apart because of COVID. All of a sudden, you couldn't really go out and do anything. So – Right. Um, and then she ended up being the other guy, and now they're together. And good for them. I'm, I'm not, you know, sad about that. You just kind of have right. to move forward, you know. I, I mean, um, I had some – you know, I had somebody recently. Uh, we were chatting, and, and he said uh, – he goes, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time, and, and you always have interesting things to say, and, and you're just – you always you just seem to come up with stuff. Do you have like a quote like that, like a mantra, like a, that you live your life after? Right. And I said, yeah, I do actually. And and for me, it's breathe in, breathe out, move on, which is actually the name of a Jimmy Buffett song. Right. And it's a, it's a song about Hurricane Katrina and about surviving that. And I just I remember reading all about the horrible things and seeing all the pictures. And then Jimmy putting out the song, and I actually cried the first time I heard that song because it was very personal to me. In fact, one of my friends from GoDaddy, she was she had a house in New Orleans that got completely crushed. And she left New Orleans and moved to Arizona and got a job at GoDaddy, ended up moving into a really high position in premier services, making a lot of money, doing really well for herself. And so I think of her every so often, Kim, what a wonderful human being. And, uh, but yeah, breathe in, breathe out, move on. That's a, I, I really, I use that for my life, whether things are going well or not well, always just, you know, just move forward. And, And that's a big deal for me, whether you're talking about finances or about relationships or about just one step in front of the other, just move forward. And so, you know, whether I mo- meet somebody uh, tomorrow or next month or next year or whenever, when it happens, it'll happen. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I I, I date. I mean, I go out all the time. That's not a big deal. You know, women get my money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they do. And so they get good fabulous <laughs> dinners. Ask, ask the girl I just took to Monterey for six I, days. I saw you the pictures of
0: you. those dinners. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, those were not, not cheap. Those are some really fancy uh, but you know what, they were great times and with a, a very good person and, and she's very but unfortunately she's a smoker, so that's not gonna work out. But that's my only thing I'm like, Yeah, don't be a smoker, you know. Don't be yeah, a smoker get her to and, and
0: get her start vaping. Be,
1: be, yeah, yeah. Well the bathing thing. You know, so vaping. And and yeah.
0: Not vaping, you know, well, so, <laughs> yeah. nah, I'm sure she well, bathes, <laughs> but
1: I hope so. I, well, no, she did. Thankfully, she was she was really big in the you know she was a daily bather, which is good for her. Um, but uh, I was I was the typical every other day guy because that's just kind of how I do. But mm, um, but guy, yeah, though. no, but um, yeah, vaping now that's you know so. I think for me, it's because I lost both of my parents because of that, you know, right. because they yeah. smoked their entire lives because they grew up in Eastern Europe. I mean, that that's kind of yeah. like, you, you know, you smoke when you're like 14 and, and yeah. you keep smoking until you die. I mean, you were smoking, when you were pregnant. That's not, well, not you, Jason, because when you were pregnant, you didn't smoke. Good for you. Well yeah, done. So you.
0: I stopped when I was pregnant. You carried
1: yes. you car. Yeah, absolutely. You carried the, all the way the full term. And for you Turned out, it was just a really bad dinner from Taco Bell. But that's, that's okay. That's exactly true.
0: That's exactly true.
1: Yep. Yeah. But you know what? You saved 18 years of child support. So you did. I All did. right. Yep. So you did. You did. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I mean, the right gal who uh, turns me around, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, She's there. but I'm not really She's listening right now. On- yeah, she she probably is listening right now and wondering, "Wow, wonder what kind of wine he drinks." He might, <laughs> we should split a bottle of that. And I'm like, I probably have a bottle of that actually.
0: You, you <laughs> so probably, I, I believe, you I, buy your I, wine I, by the case.
1: No, you know what? I really, I don't, but I I do have over a hundred bottles in my arsenal. Um, <laughs> And some of which are from like the 1970s. So wow. people will think that I just go out and just get hammered. I don't. I, I actually am uh, someone who I, I sound like I'm drunk all the time because I just. No, I, you that's joke about it, but you're more I of sound. a wine
0: so, connoisseur I than do. you
1: are a hardcore drinker. I, I, you know, so I was a concierge at the Phoenician Resort in Scottsdale, which is a five star resort. And while I was training during my first, you know, year there, they actually had me take wine classes because that you know, you were going to be dealing with higher end clientele and they were going to be asking about, Hey, what are good restaurants that are going to have a good wine list and, and we're going to, you know, decant a proper pour and all this stuff. I was like, okay, all right. And so I learned a lot. I remember when I thought, you know, the cheap stuff was the good stuff. When I thought Kendall Jackson which is still an okay wine, don't get me wrong, but that's why I thought that was the great stuff before I learned that. Now I have $100 bottles in my in my collection. Um, I have $300 bottles in my collection. Just I collected some, you know, I have one that I've had since 2003 that's like a really high-end bottle that I won't open unless it's really just the real reason too. But yeah, no, yeah, you know. I I appreciate it. That's what it comes down to. I appreciate it. I don't drink for the purpose of, hi, how's it going? Yeah, you know, like, like I see all four of you, you know.
0: <laughs> well, Vaslav got to do with it. Where can our listeners connect with you online?
1: There is one place you can get me, and that is on Instagram. Um, I do like to go on there and, and play around. Uh, that is something that that's a great place to actually define me is on Instagram. Uh, my address, whatever you want to call it is at T H E V A C L A V at the Václav.
0: Excellent. And,
1: uh, yeah, that, that would be the place. And, and by the way, if you go on there, because here's your thing too, I've always been kind of, I shouldn't say protective. I've always been kind of like, I don't, I mean, like I would get Facebook requests like daily from these 20 somethings from the other side of the world. Like, yeah, no, you know, I'm not on Facebook hardly at all. So yeah. Make sure you mention late city nights. Because if you mention late city nights, I'm like, okay, you, you're you're okay. I will absolutely be sure to add you because you're someone I want to chat with because you have absolutely. taste. You have taste in podcasts, <laughs> and that makes you ahead of the curve.
0: You know. Well, boss so, love, I appreciate so yeah, uh, you go to, yeah. uh, doing the interview and go to at the boss love. T H E V A C L A V on Instagram and uh, make sure you mention Late City Nights. And uh, awesome man, I think uh, we're gonna have to do this again. I wanna I wanna get you on here again and I wanna hear some guitar playing, uh, some riffs. Yeah. So that's that man. I appreciate it and uh, we're gonna have you on again soon. Cool. Cool. Thanks, brother.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Appreciate you.
0: The Now on Late City Nights. What a ride!